Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I'm here today with Sarah McDermott. Now, Sarah McDermott is making waves in the world of property investing at the highest level when it comes to in the property world, we'll know as serviced accommodation, mm -hmm. but for your average person, it's actually incredible holiday homes that she provides with her husband, Sean. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> and we are here in one of Sarah's incredible properties in the centre of York. And it really is absolutely phenomenal. And it's quite breathtaking, actually, what you've done and the quality of what you provide. It's, uh, it's astonishing. So, yeah, you should feel very proud of what oh, you have. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say so. <laughs> so, Sarah, how I always like to start this is yeah. a bit about your journey, really, because a lot of people will know you in the world of property, mm -hmm. but a lot of people won't know about you, your story, your journey, Maison Parfait, which is this incredible high-end brand that you've created. So do you want to just give us a bit of background where life started for you and how do you go from being a private investigator plus a load of other stuff to where you are today yeah. with the properties, <laughs> things that you're doing? So yeah, take us through it. Yeah, so um, well, yeah, going, going right back in time, I've always been quite entrepreneurial. I used to actually sell um, sell badges in the school playground to all the other kids. And then as soon as I was old enough, I think I had about five paper rounds. I was working as a chambermaid when I was 14 in a fancy hotel. I was, um, you know, I wanted to do my own thing and, and earn my own money. Mm. Um, I did try working for other people at one point and it ended um, disastrously with me throwing a bunch of keys at the manager and giving them the F word. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of um, end of me and working for other people. Yeah. Um, and I, I see. What, well, shortly after that, I actually went over to Ayanapa for six months, where I kind of found myself and found all sorts of entertainment whilst I was there as well. Oh, we'll so, get into that later, maybe. <laughs> that, that could be the outtakes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and I came. I came back from there and met um, met a, who's now a good friend of mine, Christine, um, and she interviewed me for a job actually for an accident management company um, and it, it was it, it was kind of working for other people but it was on a kind of self-employed basis anyway did that for a couple of months and then Christine and I decided to, to we, we you know we became friends instantly decided to set up our own business together so we set up a legal investigations company so we were working again back then it was still a lot to do with the personal injury um, sort of industry but we were more, you know, doing document signing and, and um, investigations, um, doing surveillance work, um, all sorts of other things like that. Um, and eventually that kind of just led into becoming a private investigator. A lot of the solicitors that we worked for through that started asking, you know, can you just go and um, see what this guy's doing? And can you just go get this registration number of this taxi company, just stake them out until he comes out? And 
these kind of things. And I thought, do you know what? I quite fancy being a, a fully fledged private investigator, actually. So just decided that's what I was going to do. Um, got myself set up with all the undercover equipment and everything. And um, and that was it. Yeah, I was off as a spy, which my girls thought was incredibly exciting. My mum's a spy. This is what she does. She follows people <laughs> who are being a bit naughty and finds out what they're up to. <laughs> Um, so I did that for quite a number of years, um, but it was, I mean, it does sound like quite an exciting job to do, but in reality, a lot of it is just sitting around in a car on a surveillance job. Sometimes you sat there for eight hours at a time, just got to watch a house to see if a certain person comes out. Mm. You can't have anything. You can't go off and get something to eat. You can't even go for a wee. You can't do anything. You've just got to sit there. So for entertainment, I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks right. whilst I was doing this. Um, and that um, one day I listened to Rob Moore's book, Money. And I was absolutely blown away. And I thought, wow, property. This is what I need to be doing. I, I've already become an accidental landlord and had two buy-to-let properties just because I'd moved out of my previous homes and not actually sold them. It wasn't a good time to sell. Just moved out of them, got them tenanted. And I kind of saw that as an income for the future because I was self-employed and it was a bit of a pension. It was only when I listened to Rob's book that I thought, actually, property is something I could do now and make money from it right now. So my husband, Sean, was already in construction. So I went home, had a chat with him. Within the space of a month, I'd listened to all Rob and Mark Homer's books, um, every single one of them, absorbed it all like a sponge and thought that's what we're going to do. So in um, it was June 2018. Sean and I made a very bold move and both of us just decided to ditch our careers overnight and go full-time into property. I'm, I'm not advising that, that you know the general public should do that. <laughs> Because you know we have two two uh, two children to feed and a, yeah. and, a, and you know bills and mortgage to pay for and we had no income at all. We just decided we were going to do it and we were going to make a success of it. And I think for me that's always been something I always do. If I'm going to do something, I throw myself in one hundred percent. And I think that kind of forces you to be successful. So yeah, we we started. That was how we started really in full time property. We went down to Progressive. We had a bit of training. Um, we managed to stumble across a house that we that was offered to us for ten thousand pounds that was worth forty on the day we bought it. We made we refurbed it, made a big profit from there, um, and that was our kind of first purposeful property renovation. Yeah. After that, we we then jumped straight into doing a HMO. Um, which was, again, quite bold to say we'd not done one before. Um, and after that, we did our first holiday home, which is Aysgarth Nook up in the Yorkshire Dales. Mm. We'd always wanted to live in the Yorkshire Dales. Um, it was always inconvenient to live there, just too far away for everything else. So um, we decided to buy a holiday home there, um, got a, a private investor who helped us purchase it, refurbed it, made a massive profit, and also found it just so incredibly fulfilling to provide a beautiful holiday home for not just other people to enjoy, but for us to enjoy with our own mm. friends and family as well. The income that we generate from that was is probably now about three times the amount that I first anticipated we'd get from it. And then it's just really flown from there. So once once we did that one, I realised it was very fulfilling for me. I've, I've always had a bit of a flair for interior design and that really allowed me to to bring that out and to you know to bring out my creative side um so it's more than the, the money it's more about the fulfillment for me and um, yes yeah, so we've just gone on from you know one to the next sometimes running three or four projects at, at a time um and yeah that's it and that's that's where we've landed today now um less than three years later and with a, a huge portfolio of holiday homes all around yorkshire 
Well, I mean, it is just an incredible. I mean, it's such a transition from where you were. Yeah. You know, doing the doing the jobs that you that you were in, which one is is fascinating. We might touch on that in a bit more detail because who doesn't want to know about a private dick, right? <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. Um, you can take the girl out of Manchester and all that business, you know. No, but seriously, I mean, just just that transition because I think sometimes when for people listening or watching on YouTube, if they watch on YouTube, um, is that you might be in a certain place in your life and you, you can't imagine an alternative future. Yeah. But from where you were, which was not a bad life, you had a great, you know, got a job that you enjoyed, etc. And yeah. Sean was successful with what he was doing in construction. But it's night and day, isn't it? It, it is. In a very short space of time. Yeah. And what I loved was you said I made we made a bold move. And of course, the podcast is called Brave, Bold, Brilliant. So that's why you're here, because you are <laughs> all three of those words. But but it is, it's bold. It's it's bold to to make that that decision to kind of and brave to say, right, we're gonna do this, we're gonna throw ourselves all in, almost burn the bridges, yeah. you know, burn, burn the, and, we, and then I'll make it work, we'll have to make it work. Yeah, yeah. Were you worried at that time or did you think about the risk or were you just super excited about what you were gonna do and just thought, you know what, we'll deal with the challenges as they come? Or were you yeah. worried about, you know, oh gosh, what if it doesn't go right? And, you know, are we doing the right thing? No, I was never worried about whether it was gonna go right because it was always gonna go right. <laughs> it was just, I've got this, um, quite sort of staunch faith in myself and mm. you know if I decide to do something I, I literally do put 100% in and we knew it was going to work and we thought do you know what why wouldn't it work we've you know we've got the we've got the education here now we've had the training um you know Sean had his background in construction anyway yeah um I had a real flair for interior design and we just, we, you know, I love nice things, love going on lovely holidays and just really was very excited about being able to provide that service to other people. Mm. Um, so there was never an option for failure. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you can let failure come in. Failure and doubt are the two things that stop things progressing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, mm. and actually, even if things supposedly fail, however you define failure, it's all yeah. learning, isn't it? That's it. And there's, you, always, know. you know, sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes things go horribly wrong in property and mm. things have gone wrong for us. And I'm sure everybody else who's in property <laughs> has had the same experience. Yeah. What you just need to be able to do is find a creative solution to make that work in a different manner. Mm. You know, one of our properties that we that we have at Nidsley Hall at Pateley Bridge, we never did that to acquire it as a holiday home. We did that with some JV partners and the plan was to sell. So we launched them for sale just before COVID struck. Um, we'd kind of got three pre-agreed kind of offers that were just waiting for them to be finished. Mm. And then they all pulled out in the first lockdown. And then, of course, the housing market just completely closed in the first yeah. lockdown as well. We opened back up, sold another one. Second lockdown, they pulled out as well. And we then thought, right, we need to do something else here. So we completely redecorated them all, rebranded them all, this paid paid off the investors, our JV partners, they made a plan to buy them out, kept them, put them in our portfolio of holiday lets. I mean, they've only just gone live not long ago and they have absolutely flown. They're so wow. popular, so successful. We're literally fully booked this month and next month already. Mm. Um, you know, so some people would say, well, that was you failed there. You failed to sell those apartments. 
We did fail to sell the apartments, but we've succeeded in acquiring some fantastic, you know, additions to our portfolio. And I'm really pleased now that that's how it worked out. You know, that's that's a better solution. Yeah, we'd have made a quick buck if we'd have sold them, but we're making a much bigger buck now that we've, got, we've yeah. kept them on. Yeah, yeah, and there's a couple of things here because, I mean, we're talking about property, we're talking about business yeah. as well. And, you yeah. know, there's, there is risk in business. There always is risk in life. You know, Absolutely, you walk out yeah. the front door, you could get run over by a bus. You know, there's risk in everything. Yeah. But um, I think... One of the things that that you've highlighted there is around having sort of multiple options. Yes. So you might have a certain business plan, you know, whether it's a business or property you're in, or you, you know, you might have a certain direction you, you think you're going to head in in terms of either selling or keeping or whatever. Yeah. But it's, if you've got an alternative as well, yeah, then you can always rely back on that, can't you? As, that's as it, yeah. and that's actually worked out fantastically well in that example. Yeah. So. And now every every project that we take on now, we always have an exit plan A, B, C, D, E, and F and G, right? Yeah. We have several yeah. options now. So we've always got that backup straight ahead. We're very aware, you know, of what could happen. And we take all the risks into account. And, you know, the, so there isn't really a risk now in anything that we're doing because we've always got so many options out of it that mm. you, whichever one you choose, one might be more successful than the other, but we're never yeah. going to lose anybody's money or lose our own money in anything that we yeah. do now. You yeah. Know? yeah. And that's great advice for mm. anyone listening, whether it's property or business, you know. Think, think it through, have a robust business plan, have about however many versions of, of, of a business plan or an exit strategy. And yeah. then actually that gives you that, if you are more risk averse, it just gives you that reassurance that you've kind of done your homework as well, doesn't it? That's it. But then I think some some people who are quite risk averse mm. are often overthinkers. Yeah. And they can think themselves out of deals all the time. I've met a lot of people who do this. They're desperate to get into property. They find a perfect deal and they just talk themselves out of it because they concentrate too much on the risk. So yeah. you've got to kind of go through the risks, lay them all out on the table. Yeah. Make a plan for them and then forget about it and just get on with what you're doing. Yeah, that is really solid advice. Mm. Absolutely solid advice. And let's talk about, uh, I mean, we have just been around this beautiful, and I have to say it is stunning, stunning property here in the centre of you. I mean, the design is incredible. The, you know, the original features this is an old building. It's a grade two listed yeah, building, you were it's saying. Beautiful, yeah. I mean, this is a home to be proud of. Anyone who lived here would be super, super proud. So anyone coming here, for hol- you know, to holiday or for business or whatever, would feel incredibly, you know, fortunate to be able to be in this environment. You, honestly, it's stunning what you've done. It's, Thank you. I'm blown away by it, <laughs> Gen- genuinely, and I, uh, I, I speak the truth. Um, but yeah, what what's really striking me, Sarah, as as we spend a bit of time together and we're getting to know each other quite well, is you put your heart and soul into everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I treat every project that we do as if it's my home to live in forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I want it to be perfect. I like nice things. I've got a very keen eye for detail and I'm a Virgo, so I'm an absolute perfectionist. So I can't help that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a complete pain in the ass. I think, to anybody who has to work with me, especially to my husband who has to be, unfortunately, married to me. Um, but I am a stickler for perfection yeah. and I just like beautiful things. You know, it's all about the aesthetics for me. Yeah. You know, it's just got, I want people to walk into our homes and go wow yeah because that's what I like to do when I go on holiday I just want Mm. people to have that same experience yeah and we were talking when before when we were before we started recording about I mean how you've differentiated yourself really Mm. and you've chosen a niche in the market 
which stands you apart from a vast majority of other property investors with the with the serviced accommodation and how you sort of focus on the very very high end yeah um how has that helped you do you think sort of really focus on the, on on the the deciding to go premium yeah high end both in terms of i suppose sourcing the original properties and the deals in the first place yeah. but then also how that plays out in terms of the the premiums that you can charge in terms of your pricing the customer experience because there's yeah. a lot of benefits of not doing the same as everybody else oh yeah definitely when you get it go to that higher end of the market it's a completely different experience so mm. firstly the buildings themselves sorting the properties we always look for character buildings um mm. really beautiful fabulous buildings in fabulous locations as well so in this one's right in the center of york so historic city centers or beautiful countryside or overlooking the sea mm. really fabulous location character building but that's an absolute wreck so that's where you can add your money, you see. So, right. uh, you know, if you're buying in an affluent area where the prices are high, you literally just have to run around with a mop and bucket to add some value onto it. Mm. So you can do in a big refurb, you know, the the amount of money that we added onto this property in, in York, um, we, we spent 88 grand on the refurb. We added 400,000, sorry, 500,000 on in value to, wow. the, to the property price. Yeah. Uh, you, if you go into the lower end of the market, you spend that same 88 grand on a refurb and you might add 150 grand. Um, so that's a massive pull. Also, then you've got a beautiful building. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it looks um, fabulous on photos. You can really go to town with the interior design. We always bring out the character of the building. A lot of the buildings, you know, character buildings left to go, either go to rack and ruin. So a lot of the original features have been destroyed or damaged yeah. also a lot of people have come in in the 1980s and just modernized and hidden everything behind stud walls mm. and when we bought Ayers Garth we thought oh the ceilings are very low let's have a look up there pulled all the ceilings down beautiful beam ceiling above it wow you know yeah. think what kind of idiot would just hide that yeah yeah <laughs> so um we, we really bring the character back out into the building um and then of course you know we spend we do spend a, a small fortune on furniture because we like to have really really super opulent furnishings mm. i think the average kind of people doing sort of mediocre to high end would probably spend about four or five hundred on a bed and mattress we spent over two thousand pound on our beds but that's because they feel gorgeous people have a fantastic night's sleep mm. um and all these extra expenses that are laid out in the in the beginning are more than recouped you know so again you know for, for this place in york we charge between 700 and 1800 pound a night depending on what night of the week it is mm. and what season it's in um you just you wouldn't make those kind of returns at all if this same size house was done to your sort of average kind of gray and yellow mediocre essay that everybody is doing you'd yeah. probably get you know two or three hundred pound a night for it yeah um you know so it makes a massive difference once you go You've you've kind of got you know you've got your you've got your contractor market in SA, then you've got your mediocre sort of bog standard, mm. um, and then you've got your higher end, but then you've got your outstanding level, and we always try to hit the outstanding. I'm not trying to blow our own trumpet. No, there, no, but, but yeah. I'm just saying um, that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming to give that outstanding experience. Mm. We've got, you know, we can put a high price tag on that. But people, there's a lot more wealth in the country these days. People are willing to spend a lot more on the holidays. People want to generally go now to somewhere that's at least as nice as their own home. 
And people like nicer things. People like to put the photos all over Instagram of look at me in this fabulous yeah. house, aren't I special? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what people want to do. Isn't it? It's it's an it's an experience. And the other thing that we really wanted to do as well, uh, as well as you know, provide the fabulous property is we wanted to be able to provide the same service as what you get in a hotel because there's always that when you're booking somewhere you've got that challenge haven't you? mm. you've got do I want the privacy of a holiday home and yeah. the social space or do I want a hotel where I can go down to the restaurant and have a meal in the evening or you know I can have you know these other things mm. spa services a massage well what we do now is we offer so we have a full concierge service and we can arrange anything for our guests so we have our own private chefs that come round and do anything from an afternoon tea to a brunch to a full uh, five course silver service dinner for our guests um they can book in-house spa services. They can book a cocktail masterclass evening. So it really is bringing the sort of the service that you get from a hotel, yeah. but into a holiday home environment. Mm, that's really unique, and and it is. It's about differentiation. And when you, I mean, I spent you know twenty five years of my my uh, career in the travel industry, and it's always about how can you differentiate the customer experience, the products, you know, and, and make it have a, this feeling of exclusivity, either physically exclusive that you can't buy it from anyone yeah. else, which is obviously what you deliver anyway, but it's unique and it's different and it makes people feel special. And so that's the absolute gold standard and you've delivered the gold standard, you know, to the extreme, 100%. So, yeah, it's amazing to see what you've done. Um, can we talk a little bit about the size of the portfolio? Obviously, I know there's confidentiality Around, around certain things but I think in terms of in a very short space of time yeah you know where you've gone from sort of pr- pretty much zero in property or you had a few you had a few I had a couple of yeah cheapy buy to lets yeah but to where you are now with you know the portfolio how many that kind of thing just to give it give a sense of the scale of what you've achieved because it's incredible in such a short space yeah, of time. that's fine yeah so we started off um, before we did this I had my two buy to lets um, in Leeds which were both properties that I'd lived in um when I well one of them was the first house I ever bought yeah I think was 45,000 pound or something that I lived in yeah. and then another one was um um, I think at the time it was worth about 120,000. So that was my property portfolio. Mm. Our property portfolio has just tipped over the 10 million mark this month. Um, and we've just acquired a few very exciting buildings. We've just acquired um, Skeldale House in Askrig, which is the original veterinary surgery from All Creatures Great and Small. Can you believe that? Oh my God, All Creatures Great and Small is so cool. I, I used to watch it with my grandma when I was a Aww. kid. So I've got such lovely memories. And it's just such a beautiful building. It's oh, really amazing. fabulous. So that's uh, mid, mid renovation at the moment. And that will be ready for bookings in um, end of August, so middle to end of August. But we've got such a lot of interest. Every single day the project managers on their phone may say oh somebody else has tried to come in somebody else wants to book you know wow. it's not even ready yet and we're having so many inquiries from people that want to book it um, and then we've also just acquired this week um, a 12 bedroom hotel in the center of Harrogate as well so that one's just about to get started so wow. that's also exciting um, so yeah it's just ever growing we've got a few more in the pipeline at the moment that are just going through the purchase process but it's amazing um you know, if, if someone would have told me three years ago that we would have a £10 million property portfolio, they'd get away. <laughs> <laughs> I love a fellow, one fellow northerner to another one. I love, oh, get away. Get away. <laughs> oh, my no, God. It just, um, now it seems a reasonable number, but back then it wouldn't have been a reasonable no. number. It's all about perspective, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. really is. Um, you know, and we've, we've been very lucky 
Um, we've had investors all the way through as well. So we have never really tried to get an investor. They've always just kind of followed what we were doing. We've put our, you know, our projects out on Facebook and whatnot, and people mm. have followed what we're doing and asked if they could invest. And so we've actually managed to do this without using a penny of our own money as well, which is yeah. <laughs> quite fun. Yeah, no, and, and for someone listening to this, they might think, God, this is just like fantasy. How, you know, it's not real, but it is very real. It's very real. And I think the other reason it's grown so quickly is because a lot of the properties are high value. You know, so yeah. it's not like we've got loads of properties. I mean, we've got um, altogether, we've got 18 properties now. Yeah. Some of them are apart hotels with apartments in them. So um, in total, I think we've got 48 letting units or mm. SA units. Um but it is, it's the size of the buildings. I mean, this one that we're in today is, is worth a million on its own. And then we've got one in Pateley Bridge that's worth nearly two million, you know. So they are a big chunk of that property value, property portfolio value yes. just there. Yeah. You know, so, and I think, you know, when you're doing refurbs on high-end properties, you're adding such a lot of value. Mm. So you, your property portfolio level is just instantly bumped up because of the value that you're adding to them. Yeah, yeah. So you're right because it could you could do a, a volume game of you know lots of buy-to-lets, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Hey, listen, we've got buy-to-lets. You started with with those yeah. as well as you yeah. know, in, in in how you accidental landlord as you described at the beginning, but. Um, Certainly, I think there's more that there's so much you can do in property. And I think what's really opened my eyes from our conversations is I've not really considered this end of the market Mm. because it's not commonly commonly talked about and there's not that many people doing it no um so we don't want everyone to start doing it and nicking all the properties no i'm joking and <laughs> um, there's there's more than enough to go around for yeah. isn't there but it is a very different way and i think to share your story and your journey is is so inspiring because it just gives people a broader view of what the potential could be if yeah. they decide that's the right avenue for them yeah you know um, so it, it absolutely incredible. I'm really excited about it. I'm so pleased for you. Well, thank you. Genuinely. And, <laughs> and you and Sean are a great team. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that, actually, because, you know, when you're in business with your life partner, uh, yeah. your business partner and your life partner, as Chris and I are in our property business. Yeah. It's not always easy, is it? It no. can be a bit challenging. It can be a bit challenging, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a few, um, yeah. It's kind of like rutting bulls sometimes. <laughs> That's just what you do at the weekend, Sarah. Yeah. It's up to you. No, but, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, just talk us about how you kind of managed to make it work as a couple yeah. for the business, but also for your life and to make sure, because, you know, you, you, you've got the family as well. You've got the kids to think about yeah, yeah. too. And, and how that all kind of plays out, because I think there are some people that, quite a lot of people in properties that are in it with their, you know, husband, wife, girlfriend, partner, mm. whatever. Um, and it's not always easy, but you can find the right solution. So how do you guys make it work? Yeah, so I think um, for us too, it is quite easy really because we're such different people mm. in, in business anyway. I mean, we've got a lot of obviously common interests that brought us together in the first place, sure. but business-wise, we're completely different. Um, I, my head's up in the sky most of the time. I'm the sort of visionary who's doing all the planning and always on to the next thing and da 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 yeah. and Sean's very much a typical Yorkshire man. Keep your feet on the ground and stop yeah. getting the purse out, love. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of pulls me back down to earth and keeps it realistic. Yeah. Um, he's also very practically minded. He's great with creative problem solving. Mm. Um, he doesn't have anything to do with the design. Occasionally, 
he decides to you know to step above his station and makes a suggestion when it comes to the interior design and he gets put back in his place and then he usually sulks for a little bit and, well I never get to choose anything and I'm like yeah but I never try to pick up a drill and put a picture up do I that's your job yeah. this is my job we we both you know we have to just accept that and sometimes there's that like blurred line and sometimes you know he gets a little bit uppity about mm. The fact that I'm in charge of the design and he's not got allowed to have anything to do with it. But other than that, we work very well together, you know, yeah. um, and, it, and it's kind of natural. And we do sometimes after, you know, put a time limit on the, the work discussion. I'm like, right, let's not talk about work this evening. Mm. Let's just have a family night. Let's watch a film with the kids. Let's go for a walk or something like that and not discuss work. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult when you've got so many things ongoing to, mm. to bring in those boundaries. But I think, you know, the benefits far outweigh, you know, the, the, the cons here because we also get to spend such a lot of time together. Mm. So if Sean was off doing something different, we'd probably hardly ever see each other. Um, we also get to choose our working life together. We can choose whenever we want to go on holiday. Uh, we can, you know, my, my job before as a private investigator, I was often working evenings and weekends and that would be the time for spending time with the children. That doesn't happen now. I pick the kids up almost every day from school mm. and we have, you know, full weekends with them. So it's 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 a lifestyle choice that has really worked for us. Um, and, you know, Sean and I have such a lot of respect for each other um, in our in our roles. Mm. Um, you know, so we, we're always very, you know, we're always praising each other and very proud of each other and what we've achieved. So mm. I think you've just got to keep keep that, you know, keep it real. Make sure you're still booking your date nights. Yeah, <laughs> Make sure yeah. you still have time for each other, um, and and try not to get bogged down. I'm quite, an, I've got quite an obsessive personality, so I'm often the one that needs to be told, mm. you know, put the computer down, don't do this. Because when I get into a project, I'm I'm really obsessive. I could work all night yeah. <laughs> and all through the yeah. next day just try to get something done. And Sean has to, you know, again bring me back down to reality, put my feet back on the ground, and. Uh, Give me a cuddle. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think you two have got a parallel relationship to what Chris and I, I have we got. Have, yeah. We're so we're so similar. In, I mean, we obviously get to know each other, but we're so similar in so many ways. I think you yeah. and I are, are very, you know, we kind of throw ourselves in. We're like, yeah, come on, let's go big and yeah. you know, make make the biggest impacts, and that's great because yeah. it drives you forward. Yeah, but you're absolutely right to have someone that will also anchor you and say, hang on a minute, enough's enough. Yeah, or you know, just you're going too far now. Yeah, yeah, that's and, it. You, yeah, you know, and you definitely. I need that. I need a strong man in a in in Chris is is very introvert actually. I'm at kind of out there. Um but having someone that genuine you've got the love and the respect and the and the compassion for each other that like you 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 have, but yeah. also someone that will kind of call you out and go, right, come on now, we've got to we're, we're getting out of, a bit out of balance here. That's it, yeah. They're yeah. our rocks, aren't they? And it yeah. takes a strong manly man to deal with women like us to be hundred percent. I mean I've had a couple of disastrous <laughs> boyfriends in the past, let me tell you. And I can roughshod, and it's not a good thing to do. Trust me. Yeah. But yeah, and and you know what I what I love about you guys as well is that you're very self aware. Yeah. So and and you know I know we're talking about business, but when we're talking about property, but actually mm. we're we're people, aren't we? You know, we're, yeah. we're and we're all beautifully flawed in our own ways. <laughs> yeah. I always think. And then, but you're very self aware. You're very into your mindfulness and, mm. and, and the kind of mindset side of things. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think it's so important. And for me, yeah, 
that inner you, as I call it, when I, you know, when I uh, spend time with like my mentees or, or if I'm, I don't know, doing a speech on something, I always think it's, it starts with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and everything comes from that, really. And I know that's something that you're really passionate about and the whole well-being and mindfulness. So yeah, yeah. Talk, talk, about, talk about that, maybe wh- how it was for you earlier on in your life mm. and kind of where you are now and, and what's how yeah. it's changed and how it's impacted for you yeah that's it so it's something I've always really been into I think that when I first started getting into meditation when I was about 19 and I had I was suffering from anxiety at the time quite severe anxiety and I went to the doctors and they gave me some antidepressants right I took one and I just remember being laid on the sofa like unable to move and being terrified for about four hours and I thought I'm never going to touch those things in my life Scary. ever again so I never did. Um, and one of my friends kindly brought me around. This is how long ago it was. A tape. A meditation tape. <laughs> I love it. She brought me a meditation tape. <laughs> and that's where my mindfulness career started. Yeah, so meditation tape went on. Um, and I just found a whole a, a whole different way of dealing with things. Um, not long after, well, a few years later after that, um, I decided to go see a hypnotherapist to stop smoking. Because I was a bit of a party girl back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I went to see a hypnotherapist to stop smoking, became good friends with her actually, and then started seeing her for business as well because I was quite shy um, and introvert, especially when I was when I was a lot younger at school. I had a bad experience and um, clammed up in front of a whole theatre full of people and couldn't speak, and I think mm. I was like scarred mentally from that. So I had yeah. a real fear of um, you know putting myself out there, and I didn't, I didn't have much confidence. So I started seeing Heidi. Um, once a month for a hypnotherapy session as well to bring me out of myself to give me confidence in business mm. meanwhile all this the business was building in the background that I had with Christine at the time so that was I was going through all that and then when I got into property as well so I, I continued with the hypnotherapy on and off for yeah. years but I found that whenever I went through a stage of on I felt more switched on yeah. I felt more relaxed and I never actually had any more problems with anxiety ever really um, until many years later when yeah the shit hit the fan one day at Robin Hood's Bay on a refurb. <laughs> we'll go into that afterwards. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I continue with that and then um, once I got into property, I went down to Progressive one day and Ryan Pinnick was there giving a speech um, and I really loved what he was saying. It was totally different and I thought this is the one thing that is missing, um, you know, Lots of people do property courses and some people act on the knowledge that they've taken in mm. and some people don't. Yep. And you see these people at course after course after course and, oh, what have you done? <laughs> oh, we've done loads. What have you done? I've done nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to do another course. And it's just because they've not got the mindset mastered. Um, so we went through everything with, with Super Genius, um, which is kind of advanced meditation for business but it also does a real deep delve into like your personality type Mm. and also your life pattern because everybody has a pattern um that follows them through through their whole life um and if you if you sort of analyze that and go back through you can see that you've got these certain triggers that set things up in everything you do you know whether it's business or relationships or something entirely different Mm. but you've always got these same triggers and this same pattern that affects everything once you get to know your personality type inside out, your pattern inside out. Once you get to know when it's your ego talking to you and when it's your intuition whispering to you, mm. um, it's amazing what you can do with that, you know. And that, and that really, the super genius really was probably the deepest level of self-awareness that I've ever sort of got to um, doing that. Um, you know, so I would highly recommend them to anybody yeah. who's who, who's kind of feeling a bit stuck 
um, not able, knows what they want to achieve, but not able to get over themselves to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think doing the progressive property training at the same time as the super genius mind training really yeah was a winning combination yeah yeah brilliant and what would it because I'm I'm with you I've done some stuff with Ryan as well yeah um, not to the same extent as you have but um yeah it it, that self-awareness is incredible Mm. it's like um I don't know it's like a big reveal isn't it to your life you know you're almost like holding a mirror up and when you understand yourself then you understand why you might get triggered in certain situations and how you can yeah. put daily patterns in or routines into your life that just bring the best out of you. And, yeah, and you, you also recognise when there's a blockage there. Yeah. So I know if I want to do something and it's just not happened and it's still not happened, I realise that's a blockage, right? What's causing it? Now let's step over it and get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's the thing is so many people have these blockages. Now, what I, one of the reasons I um, decided Super Genius was the way forward for us was because Sean and I both grew up on council estates in Leeds. We didn't have a wealthy upbringing, you mm. know, um, at all. In fact, Sean was in, you know, quite severe poverty when he was younger. Um, and I was worried that we would have a wealth blockage and we knew we were about to make a lot of money and we were about to build this big business. Yeah. And I didn't want our own personal blockages, you know, that had been built throughout our individuation years as children mm. to hinder our progress and our success. Um, you know, I was very aware that we weren't also just dealing with our own money. We were handling other people's money. We were handling big sums of money that we'd never been used to before. Um, we needed to be confident and and aware that we were going to do that, you know. Mm, mm. So there's a couple of stability. Yeah, a couple of follow on questions. So when you did the whole Ryan Pinnock thing, mm. um, what, if you don't, if you if you're happy to share, yeah. what were the big kind of revelations for you that came out around sort of yourself and? Well, I, I think um, the alchemy course that we did was really good because that really had a massive delve into your personality type. So everything that Sean and I argue about. And you know, and you know, come, um, <laughs> come, to, come, to, come to heads about, to yeah, heads about. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It it's all comes down to our personality types, and mm. we always knew that we were different, and we found each other frustrating for these things, but we didn't realise why. So as soon as we were put into this, well, put into a box, really. Th- mm. This is what you know. This is why you do this. So I'm an achiever. Yeah, And as an achiever personality type, I'm constantly striving for the next thing. But I something else that an achiever does is they want to bring everybody else along with them. So I'm not happy to be achieving on my own. I want everybody to follow. I want to show everybody else how to do it. Yeah. I want everybody to join in. It's like a real sort of team spirit thing. Mm. So therefore, I've always been the kind of person who wants to have lots of other people around me. I always want to have a party at home. Mm. I, anyone who works for us, I get really friendly with them. I invite them out for drinks. I'll cook them a meal and all this kind of thing and Sean is a terrorist loyalist which means basically he doesn't like other people being around he sees them as a threat um so we we've always had this thing in fact we had an argument in the car yesterday about this because Sean was oh well you were just putting on music when the workmen are trying to work and you just think it's a party and (laughs) I'm like no I'm just trying to motivate them you know people work better when they've got some music on oh well you know I don't want them in you know I don't want them hanging around because they think you know the music's on and you're having a party next thing you'll be getting drinks for everybody and I'm like no I wasn't I just put the music on (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Why do you think I want to have a party with the workmen on a building site? I don't want to have a party with the workmen on a building site. Yeah. But there's just this, yeah, we always have these uh, little 
little ruts. But now we do. We usually have a little argument about it now and then just laugh because we totally understand each other. We understand yeah. why he understands that I'm, you know, not trying to have a party. I just want to be surrounded by people because yeah. that is my personality type, and he doesn't. Yeah, and that's his personality type. And I think what we, what I need to do is just make sure that I give him a lot of my time, and it's just the two of us, mm. and then he's happy. Yeah, yeah. Got it. It, for him, when I'm inviting everybody and every man and his dog round to our house for dinner, he f- he feels like I'm rejecting him. Yeah, yeah. And but, obviously, you're not seeing that that at all, no, but he's feeling it. No. And if that's a re- that becomes a very real, real sort of you know feeling for him, doesn't it? And that's that's that it. Yeah. So mm. you know, for me, it's not a rejection. I'm I'm you know there with him, and I see us as a strong couple. And it's like, oh, well, let's bring everybody. You know, let's yeah. do something fun together. Yeah. You know, let's make everybody else successful as well. Let's show them how to do it. And he, he said, oh, no, you're giving too much of your time away to other people. Yeah. No, and I get it. I, I honestly, so much. And I'm sure that people listening or watching will yeah. be thinking, oh, my God, yeah, that that's we have that kind of thing going on in, in a relationship as well. And yeah. it also plays out not just in terms of personal, you know, romantic love relationships, but also in business relationships, doesn't it? You, you, if you don't understand each other, yeah, um, very often you can end up with this sort of conflict and uh, actually... This is something to be said as simple as just put yourself in the other person's shoes. Even if you haven't done all of this stuff, just very simply think, well, hang on, how are they feeling? Why are they reacting in that way? Because actually it's totally different when you physically move across to the other side of the room and that person and you can see things totally differently, can't you? Sometimes. That's it, yeah, that's it. Um, but an- another thing with um, that came out of Super Genius mm. that was very important for me um, was that I have a thing in my pattern and this certain thing is that I'm always let down by an authority. Right. And that has come from my childhood, which I had a really happy childhood, and I didn't think I had a problem with my childhood at all mm. until we went back into it. <laughs> and then I realised that um, my parents separated when I was five, and I thought that was great, you know, I get twice as many Christmas presents, I get twice as many holidays, it was <laughs> yeah. fantastic. And they always used to argue anyway, so it was better that they were separated. Mm. But my dad was a bit useless with time. So every other weekend when we were going with him, me and my brother would be sat on the doorstep with our bags waiting and my mum going, oh, yeah, dad's late again, bloody Mm. idiot. What's he like? And, you know, going into town on him. And it just made us, I didn't realise it at the time, but I felt let down by this authority figure who was my father. And that pattern continued with me through, through life. So pretty much everything we do now, and the bigger the deal it is, the bigger the disaster it is, Everything we do, an authority comes in and says, no, you can't do that, or this is going to happen, and this really lets us down. So this exact same thing has just happened at Askrig, at the Skeldale, um, and basically the, it's a list, grade two listed building on the exterior. Uh, it, it had planning consent years ago to convert it into apartments for mentally ill um, patients and their carers. So we knew it had had a modern conversion. And all we've done is we've taken out the modern things, bathrooms, kitchens, etc., mm. and put new ones in. And we totally love the character of the building. We wouldn't, you know, try to destroy anything yeah. that was, you know, listed. And we've, we've been very sympathetic. In fact, we've brought back a lot of the character into it. You know, we've taken out modern showers that were a bit skanky. Yeah. And we've put in beautiful roll-top baths, you know, yes. things like that. It's, it's bringing it back. It's bringing more into the yeah. character than what, what's been taken out. Um and they came um, about a week and a half ago, um, basically closed the site down and said that we were in breach. They wanted to know exactly what we were doing. So they've closed the site down for two weeks. So this, I thought, that's okay, because this is my pattern and this happens on every single job. 
and it does without fail mm. um so anyway they've just now done an investigation into it and i got an email yesterday to say it looks fine it doesn't look like you've done anything wrong so, well i knew that but it's just part of the pattern that that authority has to come in and do that yeah every th- every time every time on every project there's somebody who comes in and says right you, you've done that wrong you can't do that you mm. can't have this and you can't have the other fascinating and it's just it's just my pattern and i just now laugh at it before i get super stressed about it the worst thing was the worst one i ever got was at nidsley hall when we were doing the renovation on that and uh, one day i got landed with a bill for four hundred thousand pounds from the um from the council because they said that we needed to pay four hundred thousand pounds for affordable towards the affordable homes scheme which we knew nothing about the architect knew nothing about it. The planning officer before seemed to know nothing about it. And suddenly we got this bill for £400,000. Anyway, on that same day, I was down at Super Genius. I just arrived there. I was freaking out in the taxi on the way in. Got in there. Ryan did a, a wealth um, meditation with me. I came out of that wealth meditation and I got another email from the council saying they'd made a mistake. Didn't have a bill for £400,000 anymore. Incredible. Yeah, so it were amazing. And, and it was... It wasn't that time. I think it was the time after that I went to Super Genius that we we realised it. Well, Ryan said at that point, he said, this is just part of your pattern. Don't worry about that. But when we did the patterning workshop at the very end, it was a, it was a big... And it was the major point that can either make or break a situation. Yeah. So if I let that affect me and didn't just walk away from it, then that could ruin something. Of course, yeah. yeah. So I know now that that's going to happen. Just laugh about it and think that's okay. Because it happens every time, but there is then always a solution that's found. Yeah, and that's the key, isn't it? That How is do you the key, move yeah. Forward? Yeah, yeah. No, it's fascinating. Wow. And, and let's just talk a little bit about the money mindset because mm. you, you're right. You know, I mean, I, I come from a very working class family, very happy childhood, but, you know, money, yeah. you know, all the usual things that people listening will be very familiar with. Oh, money doesn't grow on trees mm. and money doesn't buy you happiness and all of these kind of, you know, I suppose things that we're commonly told when we're growing up very often. Yeah. It does... It can set you in a, in a certain direction. It can, yeah. Um, which which means that you can repel money and actually yeah. you can do a lot of amazing things. I mean, at the end of the day, money does make the world go round, you know. Mm. You, <laughs> and uh, and you, it's not it's not negative actually, but it has to be put to the right use, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. changing your money mindset, then talk about how you how that's played out for you, and obviously where life was for you growing up in Leeds in the council house yeah. and kind of how your approach is radically different from where it was then to, to kind of now. Yeah, well, I think when I was growing up, I was always quite torn, actually. I didn't... I mean, Sean had a real poverty upbringing. Yeah. I had, you know, I lived with my mum and my brother. My mum worked days and nights to give us everything we wanted and we never missed out on anything. Yeah. You know, we always taken on foreign holidays. We were always... Had a massive pile of Christmas presents on Christmas mm. morning. But my mum never had any money. So we always saw that. We always heard that, you know, there's no money can't afford this can't afford that money don't grow on trees all those kind of things meanwhile my father went off and married a wealthy woman right um so when i went to their house every other weekend um i had nice things you know i had a package from the next directory which was posh in those days Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah. from the next directory you know rather than (laughs) cna yeah And and Linda, my stepmom, you know, she's still my stepmom today. She's lovely, and you know, she she was a career woman. She was a businesswoman. So I always saw 
her. I was really, I was actually really inspired by her and my mum because my mum's mm. such a strong character as well. But the other person that I had as well to throw into the mix was my grandmother. I, I was really close to her and I lived with my grandmother for, t- for two years. She was so funny. She was such a broad Yorkshire working class woman. She didn't mince the words at all. She would just straight to the point. Yeah. If she didn't like someone, she'd just say it. And she used to say this to me all the time. She used to say, you're just like your father. You, you could fall in a barrel of shite and come out covered in gold dust. <laughs> And that was just her thing that she said to I me. I love it. So I always had this thing, well, I can fall in a barrel of shite, but I always come out covered in gold dust. And again, that just really goes back to the pattern. Yeah. So I think I had I had a totally mixed money mindset. I had my mum, you know, telling me how she can't afford everything. Mm. I had my dad going off to Saint-Tropez on his Harley-Davidson or in his new BMW and everything going around the world with Linda. But then I didn't feel welcome to that world. I wasn't invited to their wedding. I was not taken on as many holidays and things. I wasn't like, I think it was more because it was like they preferred the adults only lifestyle a little bit at that time. Yeah. Um, So I think I I did have a real mixed bag and I I always kind of knew as a child that I was going to be wealthy one day. Didn't know how or why, but I just kind of felt that I knew that. But I did. I, I, I did still have that limitation mm. um, on what I could earn. I'd had, you know, earning limitations before because I had started off um, before I went off to Iron Apple, was working in retail, and retail is so poorly paid. Yeah. I was a retail manager actually for House of Fraser, and I was still earning a pittance. It was mm. nothing, um, you know. So I, I kind of had that my wealth thermostat, as you'd call it, was was quite low. And the numbers that we're dealing with nowadays, I would never have conceived them. So that was the idea, really, with the super genius, with the because I did the wealth course as well. Mm. That was one of the first ones I wanted to do um, because I just knew that I needed to open myself up and I needed to accept that I was worthy mm. of that. And I think a lot of people, I, I, I think probably everybody, you know, to some degree has a feel feeling of lack of worth. They might not realise that they have that lack of worth, but... If you are the kind of person who get, receives a compliment and bats it away, most people do that at some point. Yeah. That comes down to a lack of worth, a lack of self-worth. Mm. You, you don't feel deserving of it. You don't feel like you're entitled to it. Um, so, you know, it can be just these little things. You don't realise that you're feeling unworthy, but you are. Mm. Um, and so the super genius thing really sort of cleared all those barriers, which I do still struggle with, you know, it's yeah. not like, well, you know, I've done this and now you're completely cured and you can accept all the money in the world. That doesn't just happen overnight. Mm. It's an ongoing process, but it's definitely helped a lot. It's yeah. definitely helped me to realize, you know, to feel more on a par with those wealthy people because mm. I would have felt like a minion before yeah. compared to those wealthy people. Yeah. But now, I do, you know, I think, I think I could I could sit in a room and feel at home with anybody. Yeah. You know, just, just you know, person to person, soul to soul, mm. we're exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fascinating. Yeah. And just, just one, one point to come back to around confidence. Mm. Um, and, you know, you spoke about how you had a, a bit of a traumatic experience at school yeah. when you were sort of, you know, standing up on stage and just sort of froze and, and, and you know, issue around that. And then putting yourself out there because for your business, you're incredibly successful. The business is out there. And, and I know that you're, you are very much the DNA, the love, the heart, both you and Sean of Maison Parfait. Yeah. And it's about how your personal brand and how you bring that out to the outside world as well with, you know, 
been on whatever it might be, Facebook or public speaking and things like that. Yeah. Is that, has that got easier for you, given that you had this sort of historic event as a kid? Um, and if it has got easier for you, how do you help get yourself in a better shape to put yourself out to the world? Because yeah. you come across very confident, actually. <laughs> but inside, you might we don't always feel it, do we? No, you know? no. Well, um, I'm in a situation like this. I feel fine. I feel yeah. fine doing this. But I have still got... I've got a real bad fear of public speaking. Yeah. Um, I did actually, again, at Super Genius, one session, we had to actually stand up on the stage and give a presentation at the end of it. And Ryan had to come and get me from under the table at the back of the room because I was sat there sobbing, hiding uh, under the table. Yeah. And he was like, come on, just forget your script. I've, I've written a really good script, but I'm just not going to be able to say it. And he said, well, ditch the script. Just get up there and say whatever comes out of your mouth. And I did it in the end and I got a standing ovation. And oh. the person who was after me was like, well, how am I supposed to follow that? I, didn't, I don't even know what I said to this day. I don't yeah. know what I said. <laughs> So I have got this. Uh, I've got this fear of, of public speaking, mm-hmm. um, and that is something I do need to get over. I'm, I'm really working on that, but um, it's it's an ongoing challenge. I'm a lot better than what I was. Than, yeah. Uh, before I would have I would have been very nervous about just doing this today, or even sitting around a table with a group of people that I didn't know. I would have been mm-hmm. terrified. Um, I'm a lot better with that now. I feel a lot more confident. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know it's just that kind of. At the time, the traumatic experience at school, I was probably about 13. And when you're at 13, you're incredibly, excruciatingly embarrassed about everything, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. So this, um, I was actually chosen um, out of my year to do this, almost like this kind of mastermind thing. Our school had a theatre, so it was held in a theatre. And I was at the bottom and these questions were being fired at me and I just completely froze mm-hmm. and I just went to pieces. And I was just dying inside, but I was I couldn't move. And I think... The thought of going up on a stage, I've just become this crumbling teenage girl again. Yeah. You know, and I know that that's not the case. And, you know, obviously I know if I had to go talk about property, Mm. service accommodation, once I got going, I'd be like, you won't be able to shut me up. But it's just the actual initial getting up there yeah. that's, uh, that's a little bit terrifying. So Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like that. I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, is it like fear of public speaking? People would rather die than, than get up in public yeah, and it. speak, that's you know. It. There's some incredible stat around yeah. that. But but the amazing thing for you is that, again, coming back to self-awareness, you recognise it. Yeah, um, you know, I definitely recognise it. And I think as I get older, it gets less as well because you, yeah. you're kind of less bothered. Yeah. Well, I'm less, a lot less bothered yeah. about what other people think or about what I look yeah. like or about what I sound like. I used to hate the sound of my own voice, you mm. know, the Yorkshireness of it. And now I don't mind it at all. Thank. It's well, just you. my accent, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just me. But the brilliant thing, I think, for you as well, given where you are with all the success that you've had with the business and with everything that you did before property, I mean, let's yeah. be honest, you you know, you, you had a, you've got some so so many amazing stories and things that you did in the um, as a as a private investigator and everything else you've. <laughs> done but you're now you're now helping other people achieve their potential aren't you in this space so talk to me about the mentoring because I know you're really passionate about that yeah I love doing that I really love doing that and I think that's where one of my skills really lies is building you know people's ideas initially Mm. into a proper business um so that's what I love to do well you know I really want to now take a bit of a step back from the well, the project management side of things with our new properties and I want to focus more on the mentoring because I just yeah. find it so fulfilling. Um, and it's really nice um, you know, to help other people to achieve this and to bring 
fabulous accommodation to other parts of the country as well, or even mm. Marty Yorkshire, you know, because yeah. it's an abundant world. There's plenty for everybody. I don't <laughs> feel like we're in competition with anybody no, else. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love it. Um, so I'm doing um, quite a lot of one-to-one mentoring now with people who are... A lot of people have been in property already, mm. just want to start out in SA, or some people have been in SA already, rent-to-rent, or, um, you know, like the sort of more contractor market and want to really up the game and go to the high-end side of things yeah. to maximise the returns. So I'm doing that, but I'm also holding um, a, a SA Property Mastery Retreat at Nidsley Hall, one of our properties as well in September. Um, so, so yeah, that's quite exciting. That's going to help me to get over my fear of yeah. um, public speaking a little bit because I'm going to have to stand up and talk to people. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you'll be in an, an incredible environment that you've created that, you know, yeah. and, and that your energy will just will just flow, won't it? You'll be in flow that's with it, that. Yeah. yeah, and Midsley Hall, it's just such an inspiring location. It's in the middle of Pateley Bridge, which is just a, such a beautiful village. It's gorgeous, uh, mm-hmm. surrounded by open countryside um, in this fabulous old building. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it'll be... It'll be nice. Great. So how can people get in touch with you then, Sarah, for, um, for, you know, whether it's the retreat or the mentoring or just to kind of find out more about what you're doing, really? Because I think it's so important that people know how to find you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people can find me on Facebook um, or you can you can send me an email. Uh, my email address is Sarah with a H at Maison, M-A-I-S-O-N, and then a hyphen perfect, which is Papa Alpha Romeo, Foxtrot, Alpha Indigo, Tango Echo dot com. You can say yeah. I said that before. Wow, you have done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll be happy to send some details over. Brilliant. But yeah, it's going to be, there's, um, it, it's only going to be a small group of people because it's, it's going to be, the workshop itself, um, it's not going to be like your traditional property training course. It's going to be more like a hands-on workshop. So there's only going to be, well, there's 11 rooms basically at Nidsley Hall. So there's a, if, you know, if everybody's single that comes, there'll be 11 people. If mm. the couples, there could be up to 22. Um, and it's going to be very hands-on. I want everybody to go away at the end of the week with a business plan, fully written, knowing exactly what they're going to be doing. There's also going to be a lot of mindset training. Mm. Heidi, my hypnotherapist, is going to be coming along and everybody will have a hypnotherapy session as well to get rid of their blockages and get over themselves a little yeah. bit. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be something that's, you know, for, for somebody who really wants to do this, who, who is committed, really wants to do it, um, and he's happy to come along with an open mind and walk away with a new business. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're interested in that, make sure you don't miss out, <laughs> absolutely. We'll make sure this episode is out in good time so that everyone knows all about it, which is great. So I'm just going to come to a few final questions, yeah, if that's all right. that's fine. Um, so can you think of the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Right, so the best piece of advice that I was ever given was from Rob Moore, in Grand Cayman. Well, actually, it was Rob Moore and Gerald Ratner that were mm. both together gave me this piece of advice. Um, so originally, our plan was to, because we've got a house in France as well, we wanted to have, well, I wanted to have, should I say, holiday homes in all my favourite places in the world. So in Ibiza, in Mykonos, in <laughs> in Bali. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fabulous places, fabulous holiday homes everywhere. And, um, and both Gerald and Rob said, why do you want to do that? Stick with Yorkshire. Yorkshire is a fabulous place. You're very blessed to be in Yorkshire. Um, why don't you just monopolise Yorkshire? Um, go for it there. And then you can pay to stay in other people's fabulous holiday homes all over the world. You know, because the thing is, the main reason for that is the power team. You yeah, know, we've got our power team. We've got our great team of, of builders and contractors who work for us here in Yorkshire. But we'd have to build a power team up in all of those places. And then with the language barriers and the yeah. different laws and everything... 
It was very good advice. Yeah, excellent advice. And actually, that set you on the path as to where you are now. Yeah. You know? So it, it was it was a great advice, but you took action. And actually, you, you kind of did a bit of a 360 on, on how the plan was going to look, really, in, yeah. in terms of location, right? That's so, it, yeah. So that was, that was the, when we went to Cayman, you know, that was... That was kind of like the piece of advice that saved us probably a shitload of money. Or maybe yeah. a shitload of money. Absolutely. Any, either <laughs> way, it's in the millions, isn't it? Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, yeah. Significant, significant. Yeah, it was very significant. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and I thought, wow, you know, if we got one, I mean, we got a lot from Cayman, but if there was one thing that we took away, it was that piece of advice. Mm. And, and as soon as they said it, we just thought, yeah, absolutely. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. And then the converse of that, can you think of a piece of advice that either you took that you wish you hadn't taken or that you were given? and you you chose to ignore um, that you know you were sort of quite relieved afterwards yeah again that comes from Rob Moore <laughs> there's a yin to every yang <laughs> yeah there is there is so he um, he advised us against purchasing Nidsley Hall he actually phoned me up and said don't do it it's too big for you I have to say you know you can't do that at this stage um, you're not you know it's, it's too risky and it's too big and I completely ignored him and it was the best, you know, piece of advice I've ever ignored. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. So I, th- I thought, no, you, you don't know me yet, Rob Moore. You don't know, you don't know what we can do here. Yeah. Um, and we knew it was a great building, and we knew we were going to make some money out of it. And you know, when when it came to the point of not being able to sell them because of COVID, I was thinking, oh God, was Rob Moore right? <laughs> was he right about this? But now that we've got them as holiday homes, I'm thinking, no, it was the best thing that we yeah. ever did. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. inner belief, you know, kicked in then and go, no, actually we can do this. this is yeah, we could do it. And the other great thing about that project is um, we had investors and JV partners on that. Mm. Um, and that was our first big project. And we struggled with COVID, you know, all sorts of things happened to scupper it. But we gave those investors a fantastic return. They actually got 50% return on what they'd invested. Wow. Despite that. Mm. Um, and they were so thrilled. Uh, you know, they, they you know, because some of them were saying, oh, God, we, you know, we, we're lucky to come away with anything, actually, because it could have gone really tits yeah. up with COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, because everything was taking longer, materials we were struggling with, the refurb costs mm. were going up, tradesmen were all off <laughs> with <laughs> isolating yeah. and everything. So it was a bit of a nightmare. But we still managed to return a fantastic investment to them. Well, they put the money in, they got the money back plus 50% of what they'd invested as well. Yeah. So they were thrilled about it. And we then managed to buy them out. So now we own the whole thing mm. and we've got a cracking income from it as well. Absolutely, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great thing about advice, isn't it? You can yeah. kind of look at it, listen, and then you make a decision. Do you take it or do you not take it? Yeah, um, well, I did consider you know. it. I did yeah. consider it and thought, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, hey, listen, that, I mean, that, and that's... That's that. That's the right we have, isn't yeah. it, as human but beings? But fair play you know? to Rob yeah. for saying that to me. Yeah. Because you know he's in a position of power, really, with what he does. He's got a lot of people who follow him, and and obviously he, him, and Mark grew very quickly and did a lot very quickly. Yes. And he knew that he could handle that, and that was right for him. Mm. But I mm. suppose he also feels a responsibility. Yeah. Um, to his mentees and to you know people who follow him to make mm. sure that they're not gonna basically hang themselves because yeah. they've tried to follow in his footsteps and not being able to handle it yeah absolutely right absolutely. Mm. I mean you know we're as you know we're you know Chris and I are mentored by Rob and Mark and yeah. um, and we really value their opinions you yeah know, we, absolutely. we genuinely do when we know it's coming from, from a good place yeah um, oh it was definitely coming from a good place he definitely had he, you know he, he had our futures <laughs> heart yeah and yeah. He, you know he actually said he said if this goes wrong you could lose everything that you've done so far mm. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it comes back to the money mindset, the risk, everything we've been yeah. talking about, you know, and uh, and trusting trusting in yourselves and, and you know, yeah, having that inner belief, really. So, yeah, yeah well, I mean, massive congratulations. Thank you. So, my final question. Uh, what, <laughs> what does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you? Well... <laughs> I think we've been quite brave sometimes yeah. in, our, in our choices. <laughs> bold is one of my favourite words. I always say go bold or go home. And that can be with just making a decision to do something or it can be with your decor. I mean, some people think our decor in some of our places is quite wild and quite crazy. Um, I like it like that because I think it's, you know, it's, it's holiday home. Yeah. People want to have fun, don't they? So bold, <laughs> definitely bold with your interior decorations as well. Um, and brilliant is a word I really like. I'm actually um, just writing a book at the moment, which is called Becoming Brilliant Without the Boring Bits, which is actually for um, aimed at teenagers and young adults. You know, my daughter is 17 at the moment. She's been, um, you know, well, I think a lot of 17 year olds at the moment have, you know, had their lives disturbed somewhat by COVID, mm. worried about the futures, worried about what if they don't get the results they needed. This is just basically to give young people an alternative option to make them realise that education in its traditional sense is not the be all and end all. Um, and that actually, you know, entrepreneurism and futurism is a way forward there's a lot more that you can do with life than what came out of the classroom mm, yeah so, fantastic so yeah. when when's that book going to be out have you got a time frame for I'm it hoping yet? to get it out by the end of the year great yeah Excellent. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so you've got to watch that. Watch this space for that coming yeah. out as well. We had all good bookstores, Amazon, you name it, it's going to be everywhere. <laughs> but um, honestly, you've been fantastic, Sarah. I've so enjoyed our chat. Oh, thank it's you so much. I. Uh, I, I was a wee bit nervous beforehand, but yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah, but you, not at all. I mean, God, you've been super, super um, open and uh, and just you know what I just love. I just love your your honesty, your integrity. What you've achieved is phenomenal. You and Sean and the family together, and you know. You are really inspiring. So never ever. I know you don't, but from from me, I just never ever lose that because that's uniquely you, and you are incredible. You are brave, bold, and brilliant. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I will endeavour to continue to be so. I have no doubts at all. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 